Welcome to episode number 32 of the Raw Food Podcast. I am your host, Laura Jane, the Rotarian, and in this episode, we're going to be talking all about decision-free living. We're going to start by talking just about the general concept and what it means, and then near the end of the episode, we're going to go over how this applies to food and how decision-free living can help you make good food choices every day. Stay tuned, and I will be back with you shortly. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Raw Food Podcast. As always, I am so happy to be here with you and sharing what I've learned about raw food and about making healthy choices and healthy habits with you. I love sharing tidbits that I learned that help me so that you can apply them in your own life as well. So as you heard in the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned the basic concept of decision-free living. Now, of course, we still have to make a lot of decisions every day in our lives, but any time that we can eliminate a decision is a good thing because it can kind of help accelerate you. And sometimes having a framework for your decision-making can help you make good choices. So I first heard about this concept of decision-free living. Probably about six months ago, I was listening to Actually, I think I was watching a video that was really not about food at all, but somebody mentioned how they had been doing a smoothie challenge and that they liked it because it was decision-free living. Now, I know I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here before I've even explained what it is, but it's basically a basic concept that if you can apply some, like release yourself from some decisions in your day that can help you basically make better choices. So I actually was looking into this a little bit before I I hit record here and I read a statistic that said we make about 35,000 decisions every single day. So of course some of those are huge decisions, some of those are minor decisions like what should I eat, what time should I get up, what should I wear, what should I say, and all, you can imagine, there's 35,000 of them on average every single day. And of course, our brain is spending a lot of time trying to figure out what decision is best for us. And also weighing those competing goals, like let's talk about health for a second here. We could eat something healthy because we know it's good for us. Or maybe we could eat a bag of chips because we know it's going to taste great and we're craving it. So our brain, both like sort of actively and unconsciously, is crunching a lot trying to figure out what to do for ourselves during the day. So it's funny, I'm going to give you a little example here about my own life. And I didn't realize how much decision making was happening when one day my husband and I Usually we live in a small town and we drive to the bigger city, maybe on a Friday night and we do a bunch of things like maybe we go to a movie and we go out to eat or and maybe we get a tea afterwards somewhere and that kind of thing. But one day I decided that I was going to, we were going to go together and I was going to plan the whole date and we weren't going to like discuss where should we go, what should we do. 
And we had the most fabulous time. And I couldn't believe contrasting that to our usual banter about where should we eat? What, like, I want to go here. Like, there were so many decisions. So even I noticed in a very basic way, in terms of my date night, that it was really nice to not like at the outset, at the beginning of our date, quote unquote, I said, I'm making all these decisions. I've planned this out. Don't fight me on any of these things. And he was like, cool, this is great. Let's do it. And it completely transformed our evening. Now, another example is before I became the Rotarian, I worked for the federal government doing some online web stuff. And it was a federal government agency where we wore uniforms and I thought it was kind of a crazy thing that I had to wear a uniform and it was not the most flattering uniform but it completely sped up my day so much when I had to go to work back when I was working there because in the morning I didn't have to think about it and it was awesome to not have to worry about what to wear it made my mornings way easier not as flattering on the physical realm but definitely way easier so that's a couple of examples of implementing tiny parts of decision-free living. But of course, what are we here to talk about today? It's raw food and making healthy food choices. So before I even knew about the idea of trying to eliminate some decisions from your life, I, without even knowing it, when I went raw in 2009, I pretty much implemented decision-free living for myself when it came to food. Because I told myself that for 30 days, I was going to only eat raw food. And I that was a rule. It was only one thing I had to think about. And what it happened to me basically was when I would think about, okay, it's morning, what am I going to eat? I didn't have to weigh all kinds of really hard decisions. I just had to think to myself, is this raw or is this not raw? And that, you still had to make a decision. And there's some things that are a little bit of a slippery slope. Um, and actually, in a, in a future episode, I hope to record something that talks actually exactly about that, like what is raw and what is not. But that's for a future episode. So for me, I didn't realize it, but that was one of the big keys to my success because I knew that even if for, say, dinner, I didn't want to have a healthy salad I just wanted to have a, like a raw brownie and a whole bunch of fruit or something I knew that I was allowed to do that because it was raw so I didn't have to feel bad or good or make a, a hard choice so for me using this idea of decision-free living was actually very helpful to me because I knew that I didn't have to weigh those very difficult choices like I said at the beginning or let's say if you're at work and someone has a donut and if you don't have a sort of an easy rule like is it raw yes or no then you get into that murky part of your brain where it's like oh my gosh that looks so good and everyone else is having one and oh I had a green smoothie for breakfast today so I can probably have this donut and sort of on and on we go. Now there's probably two camps in the raw vegan world. Well, there's many, but some people will say you must go raw and you cannot eat anything or you must be vegan and you must stay on that path and do not, what's the word, Div divert from that path. 
So there's the people who say like 100% all the way. And then there's the other people who would suggest just do the best you can. And, you know, if you fall off the wagon, don't worry about it. Don't beat yourself up. Just get back on again. So, but much like everything in life, I think it can't be polarized so easily. So it's not like there's really only those two groups. There's a whole spectrum in between. And rightly so, because it depends on a lot of different things like your lifestyle. If you have like triplets at home that are two years old and you're having a crazy day, you might have to have more flexibility than if you're, say, retired and your whole day can be focused around what you eat. So when you're making these sort of rules for yourself, if you want to make a rule for yourself, it's important to pick the right rule. So for me, when I did go raw for 30 days in August of 2009, I did have a lot of great things going for me. I had quite a bit of time at that time to make and prepare my food. I was working from home, so that allowed me to always have access to my kitchen and all kinds of things. So for me, incorporating that decision-free kind of framework where I only ate things that were raw, it worked really well for me at that time. But I'm not necessarily saying that you need to do that for yourself. It can be very important to look realistically at your life and realize where you're at and where you want to get to and set the right type of rule to help you meet that goal. So you might have heard of, it's a common hashtag I've seen a lot on Instagram and Twitter and places like that called raw until four. So I haven't actually read up a lot about this. I've just, I know quite a few people who are, have been doing that. And what that basically is, is you eat raw for your breakfast and your snack and your lunch and maybe another snack. But then at four, you sort of relinquish your rules and maybe have a regular meal with your family at home and then maybe binge in the, in the evening after your healthy day. So that is a common rule, but I think one of the main reasons that we incorporate these, say, a seven-day challenge or raw until four or I'm 100% raw is, whether we realize it or not, is that we are trying to help ourselves and help our decision-making process throughout the day. And so when you've made a mental commitment like that, you help your brain to kind of like just have to weigh these very simple decisions like is it raw or not or oops it's it's before four so I'm not allowed to eat that it's kind of like a quick and dirty way to make a decision rather than every moment have to think about all the drama (laughs) regarding each thing that you're going to eat so that's a little bit about decision free living in terms of eating raw food And I just wanted to introduce you to that concept because even for myself, as I mentioned, when I went raw for 30 days, I didn't know why it was important for me to have a rule, but that was definitely a main reason was because I wanted to have an easy metric to make each decision. So I didn't necessarily eat the most balanced meals every day, but I certainly always made sure they were raw. And having that was really helpful to me not only for myself and my own decisions, but sometimes if I would be at a family function or something, having that rule allowed me to easily explain to my friends or coworkers or family that I 
was declining to eat whatever they were suggesting or offering to me because I had this basic rule that I was following and it was a lot easier for people to understand as well. And so, as you know, I have been raw since 2009 and for the first probably quite a while, like maybe three years, I was very much in that mode of is it raw, yes or no, and I'm totally strictly adhering to that rule very, very rigidly. And for me, that was important because for a lot of different reasons, I felt like I was there was a bit of fear there. I felt that if I went off the raw wagon, I would fall way off and not come back. But as I've been raw, I guess, for maybe four and a half years, over the past year or so, I've slightly broadened up my broadened out my rule for myself. So I still consider myself extremely high raw, but occasionally I will allow myself to have other vegan foods that are, in my mind, healthy. So I would never have, um, I don't know, a vegan bag of chips or something, because for me that just wouldn't work with the basic rule that I have set for myself, but I would allow myself to have maybe some cooked quinoa or some spaghetti squash or that kind of thing. So our rules and our decisions can also change over time. And it's important for you when you're setting your rule or your goal for yourself to think about the really big picture. So I know a lot of people, especially maybe January 1st comes around and we want to make the best goal we can and we want to say you know well I am very unhealthy right now but I want to be perfect so my goal is to be perfect starting 1201 and that is definitely an admirable goal but we want to think and set up rules for ourselves that actually are going to be maybe let's not say completely easy to accomplish, but we want them to be realistic and sustainable over time. And one of the reasons why dieting, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes here, is often a sort of, what's the word, a yo-yo kind of cycle is because people might say, okay, I'm going to do the watermelon diet and only eat watermelon, but that's completely unsustainable. And so of course you inevitably might crash and go back to your normal routine. But if you set a more bigger picture goal, like, um, I don't even know, something maybe much more achievable, like say, I will eat one raw meal per day, or let's think of another one. I will just have way more vegetables than, you know, I'll eat way more vegetables every day than I compared to how I used to eat something that feels a bit more manageable, then if you have a bit of success with that goal, then you could ramp up that goal and make it a tiny bit harder. Like, for example, let's say if you started it, I will eat one raw meal a day, and maybe you accomplished that for a month even, then perhaps after that you'll be motivated and you'll see some good results, and then you'll maybe choose to have, you know, eight raw meals per week. So you're actually setting yourself up for success and then you can make things a little harder for yourself as time goes on. Likewise, again around January 31st, a common trap that people might fall into is 
they, of course, we all want to improve in all areas of our life. So we might want to have a better career, spend more time, be nicer to our family, eat better, exercise, um, do yoga and meditation, all these fabulous things. But if we try to make too many habits at once, like you go from sort of being a couch potato to suddenly January 1st, you're going to eat right, you're going to exercise, you're going to quit smoking, you're going to do it all. Frequently, that I would say, <laughs> say normally that does not happen. What you want to do is start with one thing that is manageable. And when you get that under control and it becomes your routine, then you can add something else to it. So for me, I started with food and I feel like I have that under control and I'm in an amazing groove with that. But for me, one of my struggles is exercise and I'm not great at that. And I still struggle with that, but we all have, um, we want to master one thing before we go on to the next, or we should dabble in everything. But I, I do think that starting with food is very wise, especially if you're interested in weight loss, because it's, I believe anyway, like 85% what you eat and 15% exercise. So what you want to do is shed quite a bit of weight before you, um, I, like, I think if we think about vice versa, if you don't change the way you eat, but you exercise once a day for 30 minutes, you're not going to see as great of results. So that is a little bit about decision-free living. I hope that has made some sense to you. I think it does. I think the idea is just sometimes these rules help us to make the right decisions and make decision-making easier. So of course... If we normally make 35,000 decisions a day, we're probably not going to get it down to a very, very low number. But it really is, if you think about how many times a day you think about, am I hungry? Should I eat? Should I eat this? What should I eat? I mean, oh my gosh, that would be, that would be very fascinating to have one of those pedometers or like one of those little counters on your belt or something. And every time you thought about a food decision to click the button, I think, I don't know what the answer or what the number is, but it would be a very high number. So any little ticks, tips and tricks you can do to help make those decisions easier, I think is a good thing. So I hope you have found this episode helpful. And I think that we could all benefit from some um, tips like that. Like there's a few little rules I've even made for myself, not even related to food, let's think. You've heard me talk before that flossing my teeth, that's sort of a non-negotiable thing I've made as a part of my routine. I don't have to think at the end of the day, like, do I want to brush my, or floss my teeth? Do I have the energy to floss my teeth? When was the last time I flossed my teeth? Like, blah, 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 blah. No, I'm just like, I have to floss my teeth. It's part of my bedroom routine, and I don't spend a lot of brain power thinking about it. Yes, so that is decision-free living. I think I will leave it there. As always, thank you so much for being with me and listening to the Raw Food Podcast. I also love to hear what you would like to hear about. Um, and stay tuned for the next episode where I'm going to be talking about what is raw and what's not. And that, thank you, Tony, for suggesting that to me as a podcast topic idea. I really appreciate those ideas because... 
I like to be talking about things that you're going to find useful and interesting. So it's very helpful to me to hear from you. You could certainly email me. I'm Laura Jane. So it's lj at therawtarian.com. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. You have been listening to the Raw Food Podcast with your host, The Raw Tarian. Be sure to visit me at therawtarian.com where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple, satisfying, raw vegan recipes that you'll find pretty quick to make and with just a few ingredients and that taste amazing. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. And once you've signed up for that, you'll automatically get a PDF copy of 11 of my most favorite, most satisfying, most delicious recipes, including raw vegan alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and a whole host of other delicious recipes that you can make at home that are raw and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me, and I hope to hear from you very soon. And until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.